Hi everyone, welcome to HafaCast. My name is Rafael Morin and every episode here is an interview and we talk about design, development, work-life balance, expat life, mental health, history and other cool stuff. Welcome! So I am here super excited to have a friend of mine that is doing this podcast and allowing me to interview him. <laughs> yeah, I was almost pressured. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can put the gun down now. <laughs> Jefferson is a is a software engineer. You work with backend and yes. in the and front end as well. Uh, yeah, sometimes the organization most likely, but yeah, we do. <laughs> in the via play. Yes, yes. Uh, on the market expansion team and uh, pretty much the company mission now is to enter a new market. So I'm one of the developers that was responsible for making sure that everything in the platform works. <laughs> Pretty much. There is insane. And now, I, I mean, uh, the things that you tell me, you're only doing like key things now for the company that I can like cannot review because you told me, but uh, it's just like there's a lot of things that are going on for you right now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things uh, going on for everyone, actually. <laughs> but yeah, especially like being a developer and having so many like background skills that can be used by a team or even like the whole company in general. It's something that, yeah, it really puts like a little bit of pressure, but the team is great, the company is great, people are, yeah, people are amazing, so it makes the job easier, and yeah, I also have a lot of, a lot of like, great people around me, so yeah, those stuff help, so yeah, but it's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun challenge actually, so yeah, let's see how it goes, let's see how it goes. By the way, uh, like, okay, you told me about Viaplay and stuff, but uh, how it came to for you to like okay and like in sweden because well you're brazilian yes. and you are from rio as well like a fellow because i am also from rio but uh it's just like how what how you decided like to move to sweden like how this happened uh, first uh, of all where are you from from rio okay so i'm originally from the suburbs of rio de janeiro i was born in a neighborhood called cordovil Actually, not born there, but like pretty much lived there my whole life when I was uh, younger. And uh, I moved out of the neighborhood to Maria da Graça, so I was in the suburbs. But uh, the thing is, uh, back when I was doing uh, uni, I had the opportunity to go uh, for a Brazilian program called Science Without Borders. So back then, I had the opportunity to live in the UK back in 2014. And that was actually the first time I ever took a plane somewhere. And that was the first time I saw something else rather than Rio de Janeiro itself. And it, it's pretty much, I, I saw other cultures and I, I had an opportunity to learn English and I had an opportunity to actually improve my English and actually learn. I, I just learned so much about life. It was the first time I was living alone as well. So there was a lot of like... In UK. Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. So there were a lot of like things that came up for me like back then and a lot of maturity as well. And by living outside of Brazil, I I saw what what life could look like if I had like more opportunities in general, more like infrastructure or just or just safety. Yeah, just be able to walk on the street and not worry about like who's next to me. <laughs> Am I gonna get robbed on the next street or something? And that's a little bit sad, but at the same time, it's the reality that we uh, like we come from, and that's something that we had to learn how to deal with. It becomes normal <laughs> at some point, so you just don't. You don't worry anymore, it's just normal to have your guards up all the time. Every time you're like going on the street and you have your belongings in your pocket, you're always like watching everything. So yeah, I just I just want to have a, 
an easier and a better life for me. Like, I wanted my future to be different and everything that was seen around me. So, yeah, I sort of like had my mind in this goal for quite a long time. And mostly because I, I wanted to challenge myself to get something different that most people thought that I wouldn't get. So <laughs> there was a lot of a, a lot of personal challenge there as well. So how long you live in the UK? I lived just for a year, a full year, and uh, yeah. So it was yeah, it was quite an experience. Like seeing two winters and not seeing snow back then, it was quite frustrating <laughs> because it was just cold, rainy, and yeah, UK. <laughs> but uh, but it was quite fun. It was quite fun actually because it was the first time when I actually saw seasons of the year because yeah, yeah. in Rio de Janeiro you summer mild summer and house summer so <laughs> that's all it sums up to so yeah yeah there's i mean do you feel that when you live in the uk you, your english got better yes i absolutely do <laughs> i've been bullied <laughs> i mean not actually bullied but uh i, I mean when you when i was living as, as a student i only had to write in english i would have to listen to uh the, the accent of people all around me i remember my first day i was in the uk I uh, went to uh, to a grocery store with one of my friends uh, who were living there back at the time, and I remember the woman like when I was going to the cashier just to pay for whatever I picked. Uh, she was like, "Oh, you want a bag?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and she was just asking if I wanted a bag, and that's the thing, like just the accent and being like in there on yeah. your face and on the moment. Uh, yeah, I've I've came up with so many situations where I would struggle with the language, like with the most basic stuff like if, if something broke in my flat and I had to ask in the reception for like fix or just to explain that for example the handler on the cupboard doors yeah <laughs> it just broke it just <laughs> no wait so, but this you moved to UK when uh, so you know, I arrived in the UK in the last week of 2013 so I actually oh. spent the new year's like that yeah because uh, your English is quite for me, it's quite well, like, oh, yeah, it's quite you. good, <laughs> yeah, but I also am not an uh, English native speaker. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, like, I don't have British accent whatsoever, but I may have a, a way to pronounce a word or two Yeah. but uh, especially because, I mean, when I first learned English in Brazil, it would sum up to a TV series, movies, music, most likely, and everything would be, like, American, American English, right? And uh, and also games like having a dictionary on my hands and learning stuff. Yeah, that would be pretty much the American English. And uh, so when I got that, there were a lot of like words and things I didn't know how to say. I knew how to write, but I didn't know like the correct pronunciation and everything. So what time I'm like, okay, so oh, so this is how you say it. So oh, this is this is how you actually mentioned that. Oh, there is actually a difference with this combination of letters. And yeah, so uh, I started like actually polishing things here and that. So yeah, that's that's what improved my English the most. And uh, also I was worried about putting the right, uh, like I, I want to say accent, like the, the right sound to the words, because I noticed how the, the, how different you, you you can be to when you don't like, yeah, you know, say, say correctly. For example, I had a, a huge struggle with the word, with the word uh, a cheap. <laughs> yeah. So the ch sound is just so different from like a Portuguese speaker. So I would say I would say like ship. I would say like with your beautiful carioca accent. I would accent. say like <laughs> I would say whatsoever. I would say anything with sh rather than ch sound. So that would be like for example, I would say uh, I had a head hatch. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I I've had a red hat. So yeah, just like the r sound. Yeah, just 
just things like in general from the language I would just miss those stuff and that would <laughs> create a lot of trouble for me to communicate and I, yeah I had to pay attention and then you like after everything like you came to Sweden like do you know how to speak Swedish not not a single bit <laughs> When you moved to Sweden? Oh, well, I moved in November yeah. last year. So you, uh, it's fair that you don't know the language no, yet? No, it's, it's, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. And uh, I think people shouldn't demand me to know the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For maybe sure. a couple of years <laughs> until I can sort of adapt, <laughs> at least because that's the thing. Like, uh, I really like Sweden, but I still. I still don't know what the future holds for me. I don't know if there's gonna be a place where I will live for the rest of my life. And there are so many things that I could be focusing on right now. And uh, Swedish is not on top of my list. I would really like to learn it, just to actually have like an easier way when it comes down to like reading letters, for example, reading signs on the street. When you go to the metro, there are no signs in English. If there are some piano service, because I don't know, anything may be happening. You won't know yeah. <laughs> unless like someone like mention around you like or if you have a Swedish to like tell you or something like that. So yeah, I mean everyone speaks English around here and you can pretty much like get around fairly well. But at the same time, when it gets down to like living and you see like signs, uh, restaurant menus and uh, letters you receive from the government. And yeah, yeah. You go to the Scottabaka app and you're gonna make your text form and you just everything in English. And you open like the food app, everything, actually, sorry, everything is Swedish. So you open the food app. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, oh no, I, I might not write something because I don't know how to read this. You, you may not even have the ways to find your way around the menus on the web and the app. And just like, I, I want to say, I want some Thai food. How do I filter Thai food? Yeah. You, yeah, that's, that's really hard. And yeah, so you just, <laughs> just go from that. So that's, yeah, I mean, it starts to get like a little bit necessary. Uh, at some point, but with time you learn like a couple of words, keywords here and that, so yeah, it's easy. That makes things easier. Actually. I mean, but you also like, uh, like, like you said, people speak speak English quite well here, right? Yeah. Do you feel that like uh, is a little bit of challenge for learn Swedish when everyone speak like English quite well? Um, yeah, yeah, it discourages you a bit because you, yeah. like, ah, I can't get around with English, so fuck it. <laughs> but, yeah, but again, like, uh, I feel like if I learn Swedish, I know that my adaptation to this country and even like getting to understand like the culture of like and how people think and how people communicate. And uh, yeah, and again, like when it comes down to like more important things on your life, like you receive a letter from the government, you receive. Uh, you can make a text form decoration. You just make a tattoo. Make a tattoo, maybe. <laughs> yes, and uh, like anything, like you, uh, where Swedish might be required for you to fully understand. Yeah. That that's when you hit the barrier in terms of your like your adaptation period because yeah, that's something that you cannot. If you don't know how to read, you can. Yeah. So yeah, there has been times where I left my building and then on the front gate there were like signs on the cardboard paper, just like just written down with like a pen or something. And what the hell was that written about? Like not even like the cell phone and Google Translator would help. <laughs> yeah, you you bump into those stuff here and that. But yeah, let's move the subject back a little bit. Mm. How like you came here to work as a programmer? Mm. How you got interested by programming? Uh, you mean interested in Yeah, how you were like, okay, I'm gonna be a programmer, that is my thing. Oh, uh, maybe I wanted to surf in life and I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, uh, I've always been like, uh, 
But in your time, was like a programmer was already paying you well? Um, maybe that's one of the reasons as well. I yeah, I yeah. Result, because I wanted to get paid properly for my knowledge, my skill set. And uh, not only that, but I, I wanted to like, have benefits and have access to stuff. But so uh, let's like first things first like I for, I, I've always been like very fan of like gaming in general so that has been like the first contact with English and while you're playing like recently like what is your games oh recently I'm just going to the gym so I haven't even turned <laughs> on my PS4 but when I had the time it was me playing in RPGs like I'm so open so whatever like down to RPG like genre I, I, it would be me playing like I love RPG and I love just getting myself lost in open worlds yeah games that demands over 200 hours for you to complete yeah Gimme. <laughs> so that's me. And uh, but for example, like the game that I actually like start, started like learning like English and then I got like really into RPG was The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. On the Nintendo 64. It was actually the Majora's Mask that I played for the first time. And then which you the, which you have a tattoo? Yeah, which right I actually now, yeah. have a tattoo for both of these games actually. And also Pokeball. <laughs> yeah. So I have Majora's Mask, the Triforce. And also a Pokeboy in my arm, so yeah, <laughs> a lot of like childhood. Yeah, by the record, that was joking about the tattoo, like to learn Swedish to make the tattoo because, like, actually Jefferson was one of the big biggest reasons for me also do a tattoo. Like we came together, like okay, let's do together. Yeah, we had sort of like the idea we wanted, but we were like, oh, should we get the first step? So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we pushed each other. It's like just just do it. Let's just. Yeah, but yeah, continue. You were talking about like so, learning English by the, in the games. Yeah, so I had the dictionary in my hand. I was pretty much translating like the keywords and everything because an RPG game you have to, uh, you have to, you, you you're pretty much giving guidance. So if you don't know what the person is saying, you don't know what to do. <laughs> and that was like the Legend of Zelda pretty much back then for me. And uh, so like I've been gaming my whole life. I've been very like a fan of like general like video games and computers. So I've always been on computers itself, and like computers, they have problem like ever so often, and uh, I would see like uh, people to come and fix the computer. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I would see like uh, those guys. Would, I, I was not not I was so fan of like the work. I was like, uh, something missing. Like it's breaking all the time, and so as as something that was in my bag, right? Like I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be able to do it by myself. And I guess that's the thing about me. Yeah. If I can do it by myself and I do not need to rely on others, I'll try to do it. And or you will try to learn to do it. And uh, yeah, maybe there are some trust issues that, but I can leave that for my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, I wanted to learn and then I, I went to like a, a um, how do you say, it's a course to like to learn the hardware course, just in general. So I've learned hardware, learned how to fix computers, just like build a computer like from scratch, like by the, by the different like the model by the RAM. And yeah. Like actually select the right the right combination of stuff. Just yeah, just to build a computer. And so I've learned those stuff when I was younger and then I knew how to fix a computer myself. But then I was like, oh you know what? Uh, I'm going now into uh Bit of Segundo, which is like high school in Brazil, very good high school actually. Yeah. And then I And this was close to your house? Uh not sort of. Uh it was yeah, everything in Rio is not it's close if it's within an, an hour distance, maybe. So yeah, yeah it was close. <laughs> and, um, it was interesting to learn, like, uh, yeah, pretty much like oriented, pro uh, object-oriented programming. Um, yeah. Java. And so that was good to have, like, the mindset. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't been using it pretty much. Like, I did internships here and there. 
and uh, but yeah, it was it was something that got really into my CV. <laughs> it's like yeah, but but like you learned those those things in the high school. And then in the high school, you were like, okay, I want to be a programmer. And then you made college, I suppose, or like mm -hmm. how, how happened to you? So the thing is like, by the end of Pedro Segundo, I, 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 I already knew like I wanted to, to join uni and I actually had like a lot of things in my head. Like, okay, I wanted to join uni and I wanted to make a master's as well. I want to just like have titles and yeah, I was so hungry for knowledge and that seems so cliche, but I was so yeah, yeah, yeah. Was not cliche at all, my humble opinion. Yeah, and that's the thing, like coming from the background where I came from, I really wanted to make sure that I would be like, uh, I would have a highlight on me as well. I would have like my spot and I knew we would have to fight an extra mile and everyone else to be seen. So yeah, I wanted everything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, like, when I was in Pedro Segundo, I did some sort of like a design course. So I've learned how to uh, work around like Autodesk Maya for 3D modeling. And I learned a little bit of Photoshop and Illustrator and I learned in here and that. So I was pretty much doing whatever I could. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just got everything that I could, uh, could have knowledge around like, yeah, just informatics and, and computing in general. And, uh, but yeah, by the end of like the high school, I I said okay I want to go to uni and I want to go to a computer science course because I well, of all the areas of like uh, computing like computer science was one that I thought I would like be the most versatile I would learn the most about pretty much like yeah. everything and I thought it was like a great goal for me especially because I, I was good at math <laughs> I was good at math I was not that great at physics but. I could handle myself with math, so yeah, yeah and I had a great logical thinking, so yeah, why not? And uh, for uni, uh, I, I was a little bit frustrated with the course, <laughs> uh, just uh, lecturers, uh, the infrastructure of the university, and yeah, it's just things that happen to the university in Brazil, and yeah, everything you can think of. And uh, But at the same time, I was doing internships, and... Uh, I I was pretty much like learning as, yeah. get like as, as much as I could and getting myself like, okay, I want to get like experience without like my, my resume. I want to be able to like to say, okay, I, I've worked with stuff. I know my way around things. So uh, I was just trying to collect as much experience as I could. But but then like I went to, to the UK back in the middle of the university. And, uh, when I came, but I, and I went to the UK especially because I couldn't handle the Brazilian reality anymore. And I don't even say the Brazilian reality in terms of like the country and what the country was offering, but like how the uni is set up, like how uh, the course works, like I give them to the students, how the students were, uh, yeah, how like everything was, was being passed down, how everything was like demanded from the lecturers uh, and how much support was given uh, in the other hand as well. So. There was just so much pressure and there was just so much anxiety around that period that was just, yeah, I was just overwhelmed and it was just too much for me. And I need something like to escape that sort of yeah. reality. And that's when like the Science Without Border came through. So it was, it was, uh, it was really good to have like a replenish of energy and come back to Brazil with like a new mindset and more trained, more skilled. Um, but well, you came to Brazil with a different mentality, I suppose. Totally, totally, absolutely, totally. Yeah. For example, like, the moment I came back to Brazil, 
I was like, you know what? I deserve more than I had before this time around. So I'm only going for an internship that pays, I don't know, for at the time I was like aiming for at least a thousand reais yeah. for an internship. And then back in 2015, that's quite a lot for 2015 reality. And uh, you know, and I managed to uh, get an internship in, at Microsoft actually. Oh, nice. So I felt like, I felt really good at myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was really like giving myself some pads on the back and like, yeah, you go down, you did it. <laughs> because I felt it was so good. like. I went to the UK. I I had like a good internship. Yeah. I was I was building like my CV. I was yeah. I was being able to, I was being able to go out with my own money. Yeah. I was being able to have a few stuff here and there and eat on the street and that that seems so simple. But I was just so far from yeah. before. Yeah. And especially but, for someone like sorry to interrupt, but yeah. someone for like our reality. I remember also my internship like. Uh, back then like 1000 reais was like so much money for me because i used to live in taborai and now my friends were making like uh i don't know less than a half of that yeah and then like uh you can barely pay your bus trip to the own internship itself exactly you just receive the money they have to go to the internship exactly later. and yeah. i worked like i'm working quite a bit and the thing is like uh now, like three years later or like four years later that I was like 1000 reais is nothing like when you know other people from the area now, so they salary, it's just like, okay, this is like uh, really shit money. Like I want my money, give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but back then I completely understand like what you're saying. Just mm -hmm. like, I was just like, damn, I am rich. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I felt rich. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the oddest thing because. A thousand reais is like the minimum wage in Brazil as well. Yeah. And, and so like, I was seeing myself as an intern and I was a student. I didn't have, I don't know, that much taxation to go through. I didn't have yeah. that much hazards that like an employee or a permanent contact has to go through. And I was just receiving as much amount, um, uh, as much amount of money. So I was like, okay, so what, what is going to happen when I become like an actually permanent employee? So yeah. I was already like foreseeing a better future for myself. So that motivated me. But on the other hand, I still had the same reality of like Brazil infrastructure and also the same uni with the same pretty much like yeah, lectures and yeah. everything. Because so, 1000 doesn't take you out of like any yeah, community. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, like uh, the course didn't become, it wasn't so great as expected. And my dreams of getting as much title as I thought wasn't such a thing that, yeah, I was actually wanting to perceive like in the next future was just, I wanted to get rid of it as soon as possible. Like I just couldn't. So uni became like sort of the thing that I was just pushing myself through. But there's just so much you can do when you just push yourself through stuff. And uh, it got to a point where I got my first permanent job at OLX. And uh, uni was that. <laughs> uni was there. Which is quite a big company in Brazil. Yeah, it's a great company when it comes down to... Uh, Not only Brazil, it's a very famous group actually, Yeah, right? yes it is. Yes, there are like uh, branches in uh, Portugal, I think also in the Netherlands. And it's sort of like a Brazilian eBay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you can put this a little bit like that. And uh, it's a great tech company as well, like in terms of how they structure themselves and how like they have great developers and a nice tech stack as well. And uh, joining this company, I had a dream to, okay, this is my first job. And uh, that was actually the moment where I was able to, within like 
I don't know, I joined like May 2017. Yeah. And by December, on the same year, so pretty much like by the end of the, that year, I managed to save enough money to move out of my mom's place yeah. and live next to the subway station. Yeah. Well, that was such a huge jump coming yeah. from where I came from. And uh, I felt so good. I felt so good back then. But uh, uni was being a hindrance in, in, uh, in my path because it was true that um, things were not going quite well. And uh, uh, I mean, the lectures, the exercises, and uh, so many things that changed and happened around like my uni life that pretty much frustrated me with the thing that for me at one point was a dream. Yeah. Now it's just something that I want to get rid of. But so like it got to a point where I just sort of like gave up. I just, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna look at it anymore. So I left uni without my degree, but it took me a lot to actually take the decision because I've always felt like I was, I was, I was not gonna go anywhere if I didn't have that paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you grew up like, in I mean, my mom grew great me with the mentality that I needed like a diploma. My father's yeah. and my mom, they are both, both teachers and they actually, they never say that explicitly, but mm. they were just like, mm, maybe mm. you need like diploma. Yeah, like. I see. I, yeah, and that's the thing, like I had my family um, and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much like my mom and some other people that I know. Um, and then you can add on the top of that, like my lecturers, like yeah. uh, they say how, how that is important. And I know that it's important. It's something that I've, put in, I've been putting effort to that point since 2011. So it has been like, what, seven years? Yeah. When I took the decision to quit seven, seven years and a half, it's a lot of time. That's almost two full degrees of computer science because when you look at, on the curriculum of the, 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 the whole computer science course, it's four years and a half. So like nine years, you could have done both. Uh, two times actually, but yeah. that's not what actually happens when you look down on how on how the course happens like throughout the year and how like you may not have the availability for lectures to give a specific course. You might not have the means. You might not have. Might not have everything. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So again, I was just pushing myself. You know, was being such a hindrance, and I was I was developing like a lot of anxiety, depression, and it was just. It was just draining me. Yeah. I changed a lot of my personality because of uni, and it wasn't like nice changes. I became such such a personality which was pretty much the opposite of the person who I, I see myself being. Yeah, yeah. Like uplifted and very positive about stuff, yeah. and I was just so I was just in a dark place, and uh, so I I understood like okay, I need to give up from this like for now. And I have to focus on what is actually giving me my happiness. And yeah. nowadays, my happiness relies on having stuff that I never had before. And that can be being able to order food, yeah. food app sometimes, being able to receive mail at my home because it's not a dangerous area. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the mail is delivered. I can and relate, that's, yeah. And that's so crazy. <laughs> and that's so simple, having your mail delivered at your place. Yeah. And being able to buy something a little bit more expensive online and not having to worry to have to leave your place yeah. to pick that item. So like all those things like came together. Yeah, we were talking today about buying an iPhone. Yeah, and then, I see yeah. like what? and then <laughs> comes in the same day, but if you look like for our realities, like it was impossible because like I remember that I had to go for the like the the post, like go there like sometimes like hey 
do you guys have any mail for me or anything like that? Actually, my mom used to do more that for the family. Like she oh. used to go like weekly. And then here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids get dressed. We're gonna go to the they read, <laughs> exactly like they already know her. And then I uh, was like, we moved to Itaboraí and things got better actually. But uh, but remember, like uh, they didn't deliver because it was just like too dangerous. Like Jardim Catarina was just really bad. Like even people that live it there, they were like, yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's just like no, I'm not even going back to my place. Today. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can fully relate. And but one thing that like uh, that I, I mean, uh, I mean, first of all, I think that we're both thankful, like that we could just change our reality. Yeah. And I don't think that at at least for me, I, I didn't expect like programmers to just change so much. You know, like uh, mm. because. At first, I wanted to be a doctor because my father died and I was like, okay, I want to have some money to provide to my family. And then my mom was like, you want to become a programmer? And then I was like, do I really want to? I didn't know. And then the thing is, I wanted and I actually started to do programming things. But in my mind, I was always like, I'm going to be poor the whole life. (laughs) I didn't know the programmers like could make like. I mean, compared to other professions right now, because programming is like software engineering is such a bubble right now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone that is in the bubble is making some money. And then it's just as a kid, I was pretty sure that I was going to live in Taboraí for the rest of my life and I would like not make more than something. That's a family curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, uh... that, is, that is my thing. But I just, in the same way, I was just like this. I mean, I, sometimes I just sit and think, like, dude, like our life changes so much. Like yeah. people yeah. don't realize that, especially yeah. if you come to Europe, they think that you're just like, I don't know, or you that you're coming without any opportunities and you're like, uh, like you're trying to survive in the country. Oh, I see. Yeah. Or you're just like, uh, I don't know, like someone really, really smart, like they have done masters, PhD. Uh, yeah, they don't see it as like it's so it's so common yeah. to like programmers and software engineers in general like, to be needed at companies. Yeah, yeah, every company yeah. nowadays like they rely on IT at some level. Yeah. Even if it's just the IT to keep the, the web page up, <laughs> they yeah. rely on IT at some at some degree. And so pretty much like we have a lot of job opportunities and we're very blessed because of it because especially like with the pandemic, yeah. like we've been the less impacted people <laughs> around yeah. us, I guess. Like I, I would, I would, I would like, I would say that because even people who I saw, they had, they've been like, uh, the company has been like mass dismissal and they just like yeah, fired a bunch of people. I saw these people being relocated in companies like Olax, for example. Yeah. I myself did a lot of interview of people like who came from these companies. Who yeah. Just like yeah, just letting everyone go because they were afraid of the pandemic, and they didn't know like what the future hold. So. And, but that's the thing, like, I, being a software engineer, I was able to uh, make enough money to live, like, my mom's place for the first time, and I was able to live, like, by the subway station, and the one thing that I gained the most for me was the most valuable thing. I think it's, it's good to highlight, because some people that are going to listen, they don't understand how difficult it is to live close to a subway station, like, yes. in Brazil, because... If you go for some like countries, it's just easy to live in the subway mm. station, even if you're poor. Yeah, yeah. like it's you're a just lot. like subway. Yeah, subway. exactly. <laughs> but in Rio, that is not a thing. There is yeah. few stations. Yeah. And 
if you live like close by the the price of the rent just go up Whoa. a lot wow crazy crazy yeah. amount, crazy amount i would easily spend like with bills in general like like rent and everything would spend like 60 percent of my salary yeah, yeah. at a first moment yeah, it was <laughs> it was crazy but but the thing that i gained that for me like most valuable and that is sort of like irreplaceable is that i was able to see my friends and that's such a simple thing but i had friends from like different parts of rio so living uh in the suburbs like next to a favela being myself i wouldn't go back home like a few times because of like the gang wars and everything so receiving a friend back at mine well no yeah <laughs> not even like not even uh, it's impossible yeah. yeah not even a possibility I'm, I'm just not gonna take the chance and uh, and so that's the thing like I, I was i was pretty much like living in a place where i could come and go at any time i could even like order uber from my place or to my place from somewhere i could again like order food and yeah i was just would have stuff going yeah. for me and i would have and I, I would be able to just leave my place and go towards the subway station to take like yeah just to take a public transportation somewhere and i wouldn't worry so much about being robbed on the next corner yeah because it was just a little bit better of neighbor <laughs> yeah and uh, there was so much changing just like moving i don't know uh what three kilometers like not three but like let's say five to ten kilometers yeah out yeah, yeah. Suburbs, just yeah it just it goes crazy like that's yeah. real. <laughs> That's real for you. Yeah, that is like uh, is insane because Rio is like always with like uh, is I I actually heard about a taxi a tax, taxi driver one time he told me like you can drive for a little bit then you get in the favela then you drive a little bit more and then you get another favela then you drive <laughs> a little bit more and then you get another favela. And the thing is, Rio is so connected. And if you're lucky and I want to store your car, you may be able to try a little bit more again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, if you don't get rubber. Yeah, yeah. in one of these stops that you're making in this horrible path decision that you yeah. took, you might be able I mean, to both, get connected. Exactly, but we can make fun because we both, <laughs> we are all Rio, we're yes. both from Rio, we're both from like very bad places yeah, as well. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we are allowed. <laughs> yeah, we only can make fun because it's, there is no other, other option, like otherwise we would be crying, like oh, just to Jesus, yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Oh, don't even tell me. Yeah. <laughs> start me that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But I, but I don't like. But that was me. Like I and then I started like working at Rolex. I pretty much dropped uni and I focused on something that was giving me like much more knowledge actually than whatever knowledge I, I had from uni. There was so many so many stuff, like going uh, into my first like permanent job. Yeah. And uh, joining as a junior, like. Uh, a software engineer uh, at a company such like in high level and working with a team that I don't know within like a year would become the team responsible for creating and man maintaining the whole notification stack that a company used to send emails, push notifications or any sort of notifications that might be required to send to the user and uh, like not knowing how to create a single API yeah like because uni doesn't give you like the skills I saw how much I was lacking I saw how much I was like damn this is crazy and uh, so I learned much more from work I got a lot of responsibility and that was nice because that pushed me into learning more and more again and have ownership as well yeah, yeah. absolutely and that's the thing because I participated into creating uh, with my colleague back then uh, the, the user notification stack that the company uses until today and uh, uh, it was such a massive challenge and it was uh, such 
uh, a massive responsibility, but being able to do that work, learn from it, yeah. and create an experience that like, just on my second job took me like here to Sweden, to yeah. Stockholm, on a market expansion scene, of a streaming of a stream service product That's, yeah. that was crazy yeah. like i could easily see how much i've grown in the last five years so you know those questions of people like oh when you see yourself in five years if you ask myself back five years ago i, I wouldn't know what to answer <laughs> if yeah. i went back in time five years ago and say oh in five years it's gonna be that i wouldn't believe myself because that's crazy so what will happen in the next five years yeah <laughs> so good, if you yeah. like put a question again in the future it's just yeah, I'm, I'm just excited, but yeah. I'm scared at the same time. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I can kind of imagine like your next five years, at least one part of it. Like, mm. if you allow me to just say, since you're like, you talked about gin and stuff like that, you seem really focused on that. Like, you told me that you're not playing video games anymore and no. you're doing like push-ups, like probably cardio things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is this thing going up? How you decided to do that? Oh, oh, a lot of variables, actually. I mean, I've always been a chubby kid. Like, I've always been the fat kid who couldn't go up a tree or couldn't like, yeah, like anything that requires me to move my body or just spin around, I would be, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do. <laughs> so... Uh, you always had that in mind, just like... No, I, the thing is, like, I... I wasn't such a fan of exercise in general. Yeah. I'm a lazy person. <laughs> that yeah. I can say. Same thing. Yeah, I'm a lazy person. That's why I love video games. That's yeah. so good to just It's sit easy. Down. You can just yeah. sit and play. Yeah. And you can have snack yeah. with it. And then you can cool down. You don't need to be like in the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> so why not? And I wasn't big for like the football with like uh, with kids when I was younger. Like I wasn't big for like sports or anything. So yeah, that's, that's okay. So uh, like growing up, and being like fat, especially like after the pandemic, I got like an extra 10 kilos on top of what yeah, I had. Yeah. So, I mean, I know like there are people who are in much worse scenario than I do. And, and if I have to actually compare myself to like anyone in pretty good position, I don't have like sort of like health issues because of it. But I was getting to that point. I was already hitting the line of obesity. So I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling comfortable with my own body, I wasn't feeling uh, comfortable with my own clothes. Yeah. So, and like getting next to like 30s and seeing like how your face changed and how your body changed because of the age, even though it's still yeah, really yeah, 30, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, but seeing your stuff and just like adding everything one on the top of each other, you just, I was getting so frustrated and I was like, you know what? I need to move myself for my own health. And not even like for status, but like for my own health. Yeah. And uh, I got to take care of me <laughs> somehow. And, I, and if that's what it takes for me to feel good about myself and feel confident and build that, just that last bit that I feel like that, that might be missing about my personality, uh, which is the confidence, so, so be it. Let's go for it. So I got all the motivation that I had and I was like, you know what? I've, I've put myself like so many goals, so much harder than this. Like I said myself, I'm going to live Brazil. I'm not gonna live in this place forever because I, I, I want to live a happy life. Yeah. And I want to be able to provide a happy life for my mom as well. And if I can make more money, and that's, yeah, great, thanks. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Last year, it was a pandemic, and I set myself on the first day of the year that I was gonna leave Brazil by the end of the year, and I so made it. So this year I was like, you know what? I'm gonna lose weight for the first time in life. Actually gonna lose weight. Yeah. I'm gonna put on a shape as well because, you know what? I can yeah. do it. And Since I am already doing that, like yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't know, I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was 
sort of like a personal challenge, like many other personal challenges that I had. And I, this time around, had the right motivation because I wanted to do that for me. I really felt like it's something that I'm doing for me. They're super and, important. And it was not something that I was like, oh, I feel like this is how it should look like. You know, it, it was pretty much like, I was yeah. going to meal. I want to feel good with it. And my only goal in the beginning was to create the habit of going to the gym yeah. and just exercising myself like regularly uh, because I was doing nothing. So that was my only goal. I wasn't even thinking about weight loss. Actually, it was, but like I wasn't like, yeah. oh, I want to lose five kilos. And I like, no, I was, I was not worried about that. And by creating the habit, I was so focused. I was started looking at like my uh, food, for example. And I would worry about uh, sleep hours and everything. So the, how much water I would drink. So yeah, it just went went from that. And like I started by the end of January. So it's like two months and a half. Yeah. So that I've been like working out and pretty much maintaining a diet. And uh, within like two months and a half in, I I'm near my ten kilos mark, like ten kilos loss. So yeah, that's a huge goal, and that's happening. Well, wow, congrats, man! Thanks, and that's like, and that's really motivating for myself as well, because uh, when it gets to my birthday, like by the end of May, I yeah, I imagine like I'm gonna give myself a great gift. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really happy for you. I'm also excited for yeah. your party. Yeah, let's see summer. Let's see how summer goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like those kids in Brazil, like they walk on the street, like lifting their shirts for anything. Yeah, I might become like <laughs> just <laughs> waiting the opportunity. Just waiting the opportunity to be like, oh, let me eat, <laughs> let me eat my my upper abs here, and just like yeah, and just <laughs> just go for it. So yeah, yes, I really, I really wanna see like how my confidence will build around it. And like recently, I've been like just buying clothes and just yeah, yeah, just working on sort of like my style as well. So yeah, it's nice to just like give yourself some kudos and just and just take care of your own stuff. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, just give yourself some gifts sometimes. No, like I do think that is great, and it's so great for yeah. uh, for my mood, and it's been so great for my anxiety and depression as well. So well, you just put me like in a great in a great place of mind. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't be mad about it. I just have to actually focus, and it's a little bit hard sometimes because you know what? It, it does get to those Sundays you where you just want to eat those hamburgers, like those yeah, huge hamburgers from the size of your face, and oh. just put sweet on top of it. And just yeah, you just wanna, you just wanna have it all. But ah, well, yeah, it's it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. slowly I'm gonna get there, and I'll be able to have it like more often. Yeah, <laughs> with less regret, actually. So. It's well, okay. actually, first, congrats, like, and, and the second, I have other questions, just like, oh, uh, please go ahead. Do you think that, like, this also could be motivated by, because Swedish people, they seem to be like, everyone seems to be very healthy, like, goes to the gym, hmm. everyone does exercise. I have some, like, uh, Swedish friends that they are always doing something. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, oh, here people are crazy, actually. I, I barely see fat people on the street. I'm like, whoa, come on, guys. <laughs> you need more McDonald's in this place, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's crazy how sweet are like, it can be snowy uh, and just uh, the, 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 the people are running, yeah. People are running, like, it's yeah. no falling, and people are like, yeah. And they're just like on their best, like running clothes. I'm just like, this is crazy. This is I madness. have done that actually. This is madness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have done like this just three or four times. Then I thought that it was just me, but I was like, no. then came like, I probably 
saw like 10 people the same day like running Sodermalm. Oh, yes. Oh, God. No, the people here are crazy, actually. It was like, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing about this country. I think this country in general, the culture around it, it's quite good, actually, because uh, people have this health mentality of like, I have to do exercises yeah. and I have to eat out. Well, like, so foods in the supermarket, you can easily find like frozen vegetables. Yeah. Like, you can easily find like healthy stuff for easy preparation, for example. So, if you don't want to waste too much time in the kitchen, you have healthy options to not waste yeah. a lot of time in the kitchen. So, uh, that really helps like the country build this mentality around like, yeah, pretty much taking care of your own body and mind. And uh, maybe the fact that he is dark most of the year, maybe yeah, could maybe be. That adds, maybe that adds to like people being like, you know what, I have to be active <laughs> into this yeah. something because I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> like yeah, I mean like for example like this winter we haven't seen the sun for like what over almost a month. So that, yeah. was, that was crazy. That was crazy. And coming from Rio, where we took the sun for granted, yeah. just like forty to fifty degrees. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, there was like a little bit of like, okay, uh, everyone's healthy and there was like the social pressure of like, yeah. being like healthy as well, especially when it comes like, to the dating world and everyone's so like fit and everything that creates that sort of, yeah. that, that's a little bit pushing, like, yeah, you really, you should look good too. And, but again, like, as I said before, I tried to, even though there were like this signals being trying like to push me into doing it. I actually developed the mentality, okay, I, mean, I want to do this for myself. Yeah. So I actually started seeing this as, a, as an opportunity thing. Yeah, and I was like, you know what, like, it's so easy. There are so many like gym options. And uh, uh, when it gets to, this, uh, to like sunny days or just like spring and just warmer days, I could run around. There are plenty of, of places around here. Yeah. It's very cool to run around. And uh, just go for a walk in the city and just know the different parks and the different areas so yeah like just adding that to my routine it was yeah it was just it was just fun and, yeah uh, and but yeah like the, the reality it sort of like pushes you a little bit and uh, but it was good to like take those small pushes and be like you know what you may be pushing me <laughs> but this is my decision i want yeah. to do this myself so in the end uh, even for me like uh, i started to do vegetarian I, I think I have done like almost two months of vegetarian mm. because here you have so many options, you know, like uh, of oh, food. Yes. Yes. Compared to Brazil, it's just like you, you literally have to pay a lot to be vegetarian. Oh, yeah, Brazil is sort of like a punishment. It's like, oh, you're making my, yeah. <laughs> you're making my restaurant. It's not easy. Okay. Yeah. It's not easy so, to find yeah. vegetarian options. And here you come for, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating, but you go for every goddamn restaurant and they have vegetarian options. Yeah. If they don't have everything or like most of part like vegetarian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually like some of those like are way better than the meat options actually. But it's just, uh, it, it's, it's just so much fun like how this country has a lot of like variety in terms yeah. of like opportunities in general for everything you can imagine from food to even work sometimes yeah so and uh, i mean the one thing that i like the most about sweden is actually like the safety and how safe i feel in this country and that's so odd for me to say being a black 
yeah. came Brazilian guy yeah. and just like a foreign person in this country to feel safer in here than I would ever feel in Brazil. Yeah. And that for me is a little bit aggravating because we have more black people in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so. that was what I was going to ask you, like how you feel like living here with among the whites? Oh, among the whites, <laughs> these people here. <laughs> I mean, for me it was like, I know that like uh, in Brazil I'd be considered white, but like talking yeah, to Swedish yeah, people, white. they are like, you're not white. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's like a whole new level. Of yeah, white exactly. People. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. And then the thing it was like, uh, first I was impressed by the answer, <laughs> and the second thing I was, wow, just, yeah. yeah, I was just like, okay, I also don't feel that I am white here. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it's just like I feel. Everyone actually says that that I am the Latino, that I am like mm. the Brazilian, that I am yeah. something. It's the skin tone, most likely. Yeah. Because we're so mixed. Yeah. And uh, we we barely have, I don't, I'm not, that, that's me saying from the top of my head. Everything's yeah. fantastic to, to base that, but at least I feel like we don't have as much as white people. As yeah, like, as yeah. White yeah. That we have here in Swedish. Like, everyone has a little bit like more of a tan. Sometimes maybe just because of the sunlight. Well, so be it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in general, like, people uh, have like these darker shades of like, uh, yeah. white, like, yeah. So, it, it does happen because of like oh, but i mean even for me that i'm white in brazil white here as well i don't i don't feel that i'm not white no but uh <laughs> but even for me it's just like uh i came here and i was i mean i knew the sweden was mostly white yeah. yes yes but my first day my second week my first month i was just like damn People here are so white. Like that was my mentality. It was just like I, I wonder, like how white it was for you, because for me, it's a whole other spectrum of difference. Yeah. So. No, but I mean, I grew. I, I guess I mean, I told you, like I, my grandpa was a black dude. Mm. I came to here, and then I came from a, a, a black community. Like mm. San Gonzalo is mostly yeah. black. Yeah. Like Jardim Catarina, I don't even remember people being like. I don't remember have many white friends in my school. You know. Like in my class was mostly black people. If they are not black, they are like, like they're not like white white people. Oh, yes, absolutely. And yeah. then I was yeah. just like, uh, they were actually they had like black descendants, like yeah. I had. Absolutely. And then I was just, just yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then I came here and it was just like, damn, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not mixed at all. And how do you feel about it? Okay, so I don't know. I, Okay, so I I feel safe, as I said. Uh, there might have been like a thing here and that I was like, damn, girl, hope. Yeah. Racist. <laughs> but like overall, uh, it's, it's really hard to say because I haven't had any racist thing like I'm yeah. coming from like directly on my face at least so people has been very respectful yeah uh, people has treated like me pretty well whenever i ask for information in general like there has been time like i ask information in the metro oh how do i get to the station like yeah i was in the wrong subway and the girl actually left with me and she took me to the platform yeah and that was the level of treatment i had once I was in the supermarket and I was asking information for a guy like, how do I buy milk? Because that's the... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, people, if you don't speak Swedish and you come to this country and you're going to buy milk, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, there was a guy, like, he just, like, helped me understand, like, yeah, the differences and everything. 
And by the end of our conversation, we actually had a, like half an hour conversation. And by the end of that conversation, he gave me like a public transportation car. Yeah, yeah. He had like one just You told me that story, yeah. It was just like so crazy. Like, yeah. So uh, I had great experiences actually uh, in this country. There are a few like one which were a little bit frustrating, but I was those the even like erase the good ones. Yeah. And uh, there are a few things that I noticed that is a little bit odd. Like people really notice me on the street. And sometimes I think it's because of my hat. It's yeah. just because of like how unique my straight my trait my yeah. traits are, you know. <laughs> so I always think like, oh, he's beautiful. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the usually thing. So uh yeah, I I, I I'd be very okay with it. And there has been those tweets which like, oh, social distancing. Yeah. They might cross the street. They cross they, the street, yeah. Yeah, they put like that shirts on their nose and like, oh, I can't smoke his yeah. ass. It's more like, I mean, breathe his ass. Just, <laughs> it's just crazy. But that's, ah, uh, that's, uh, that, those are like things that happen here. And yeah, in Japan, that actually happened with me yeah. too. When I went there, like. More crazy, I see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, was, crazy. <laughs> well, I went there in Tokyo. No, Tokyo was actually quite fine, but I went for like cities like far away of Tokyo and like, uh, I went for, I think, a village close to Nikko. And then people were just looking to me like, excited they're like oh, oh my god cool. they wanted to take pictures with me actually like, oh you're such a rare creature creature <laughs> yeah <laughs> just take pictures yeah actually you want the owner of the the inn she told me that didn't have many visitors out from like foreigners that she didn't see in life people like wow. that and then i was just like cool and she was like no really i only have seen like 10 or 15 people like outside and then I was like, oh, oh here I am. Uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, and you told me that like uh, here, like is, I mean, you feel fine. Yeah. But it's weird when you think that Brazil they have more black people yes. so far. It's just so racist that you cannot like even walk. Like my. Uh, yeah, the police in Stockholm. Yeah, exactly. For random reasons. Exactly. Like, I yeah. told you this story one time about like. Oh, the random search in the airport. No, you've been randomly selected. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, one of my best friends. Like, we, I was walking for him in Botafogo. Mm -hmm. And then policy stopped me to just ask, like, is everything okay oh, with me? You. Oh, yeah. And now my friend was just oh, like. I should have prayed the dumb and be like, oh, why? No, actually, <laughs> I didn't notice because I was just like 16 and I, as I told ah, you, I grew yes. up in the San Gonzalo, like in San Gonzalo, I would say that it's hard to be racist. <laughs> like if you, if you, if you are oh, racist in San Gonzalo. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I can easily like think that. Maybe if I go there for half an hour and listen to people speaking because being racist, even though like sometimes it's so deep in you yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. on your habits yeah and you might not even notice yeah and people will say oh no i'm not racist i have a black friend and like fuck you <laughs> Dude, it's so true yeah and actually that was one of the things that my friend like teached me like and that book that i showed you one time like the is structural racism oh yeah from the yeah, it's such a good book and like the first chapter is exactly about what you mm -hmm. said and i learned so much like yeah. uh in the way that we talk, like daily yeah. things, like just like, I was just, I mean, even for me, like I was okay. I don't say that much, but then that, that then the guy talks like, this is racism. Yeah. And I was just like, 
like talk about like blacklist and stuff like that. Yeah, the you black. What is a blacklist? <laughs> why the whitelist is a good thing. <laughs> what yeah. is the black sheep of the family? Yeah, you know, yeah, those are the things. Why is the black portrayed as the evil color? Like, yeah, when the evil is portrayed as black. And, yeah, so those those are things like the racist. Yeah, and for example, like me myself. Even being like a black person and understanding myself as, as black yeah. and loving myself as a black person, uh, I've been racist with my own self for like quite a long time. Yeah. Like my hair, for example, like, and, and that's the thing. And I, I think it has a lot to do with like how society uh, portrays everything around like racism and race in general. And so I would like be a kid in my, in my home of like my mother, my aunt, my, my grandma. They would be watching soap operas and they would see the white actress like with the stray hair and using like different colors and like different like, yeah. uh, uh, dresses and they would, oh, I want to look like her and she's beautiful or that guy over there, he's beautiful with that body, with those eyes, yeah. with that like stray blonde hair. And, uh, and for me as a black kid, I was always told, especially by my family, and that's the hardest thing, like, you should you should cut your hair. You can let your hair grow. Yeah. Like, and I would listen to everyone around from everyone around me, like how my hair was called a bad hair. So uh, even like the bullying at school, people would compare my hair to metal sponges. Yeah. It's a brand new so. So it's so crazy how we we go down that path. So I grew up not liking my hair. Obviously, like I would wouldn't like to show it. But at the same time, my hair became sort of like an identity of me because the first time I was straightening up my hair and letting it grow, but it's straightening up my hair and 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 and, and how you say and and painting the hair like yeah yeah yeah, some colors. yeah and I was liking how it changed my appearance and but at a later age I was seeing like everyone rocking a curly hair and I was like damn there is beauty in the curly yeah there's so much beauty in it that's so unique with all like the twists and all the curves yeah. and the uh, and the texture and it's uh, and it looks so great and it will be so much so much less effort as well. Yeah. So I started like uh, growing my curly hair and seeing like how my hair would look naturally. I had no idea how my hair would look yeah. when it grew like over I don't know five centimeters for example. I had no idea how it would look like, and I would had like a bad expectation for it. And that's the thing. I never, I never even like learn how to take care of my own hair from my own family of women, black women. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so such a crazy thing, like. And uh, but but uh, yeah. So I pretty much like changed my hair, and I was, and I loved the result. I loved what I was saying, and I felt so free. And and that's when I noticed, like, okay, there are so many pressures still inside me that isn't mine. What was given to me and I was raised with those so I have to just <laughs> learn how to let them go so yeah it, it was a process it is a process like there might be time when I will say something like oh wait <laughs> that doesn't seem right so yeah it's it's almost like a constant work but when you but when you worry about it you already do a lot to try to change it especially if you really care about it so yeah it's been has been a journey. Like yeah, a journey. you have actually talked about like like straight straight up the hair. I, I don't know the term in English, yeah, but maybe it's straight up the hair. Yeah, but the, hair, yeah. Uh, the thing is, use products and everything. I, we had this conversation before, but uh, is I sometimes I feel that like no, I definitely believe in this. Is really related also for the lack 
of like diversity and rep people, black people being representative. Yes. In many things, like uh, I think one time we we were watching like a movie, sorry, a music clip, and then like we watched it like in a row, maybe ten or something, didn't have any black person. Yeah. And then like in the uh, like, I think in the last one, the unique black person that was was working for the white people as a butler, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. we had this conversation. Yeah. That was just I I came up to home and I was like. I was reading that book also about the, mm. the structural racism and it was just like the guy actually talks about this like uh, about the, the part of like being representative and then I was just yeah. like then this is so important you know yes. like even for yes. my sister she used she she was she also had like uh, how you can say the is curly hair curly. and yeah. she like for the until yeah, she until 16, she usually she straight up the hair because she wanted to look like uh, the models, yes. like the white, the, the people that are just like, oh my God, those who are portrayed and it's beautiful. Exactly. Absolutely. And the thing is, my sister is way beautiful with the natural hair. Mm, it's just yeah, like, yeah. why are I remember as a kid, I was just looking to that and I was just like, this is not you. This yeah. is just like a person they want to be. Uh, yeah. And you're much more beautiful, like the way that you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you might want to straighten up your hair and that. That's okay, yeah. I guess. But the problem is if you straighten up your hair because you feel like curly, the afro, yeah. it's not beautiful. That's, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it has a lot to do with representativeness, whether we have that in the media or just in general from and for example like me growing as a gay black kid from the suburb the suburbs i had no represent representative from my family for yeah. example like the person who were working my family had maybe the best income was my mom and she's a seamstress she doesn't have like a amazing massive well-paid job but she, she's a seamstress yeah she does clothes for living and that that's been what she has done like her whole life since she was the age of 16 and uh, uh yeah like there were no one there was no one in my family who had a degree for example so who would portray myself who, who would make myself from yeah. like, i had no, no one to like mirror myself just like yeah just have yeah. that vision like oh i want to be that person i had the vision in my own head of like who i wanted to be then and, and that was it but and it's also pretty vague because you don't know you usually when you have someone you usually have the steps like follow oh yeah or sometimes like they they help you with that path yeah they they throw you some bones <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I had i felt like i had nothing and uh, but i actually had something very great i had a great education i had a great family i had a great mother and i had like the family support and i had a home yeah. <laughs> and those are stuff like some people they even like dream of having and those actually like uh, yeah that, that helps a lot that changed a lot because like, growing up in a favela pretty much i was like from the side of favela but i was living from i was seeing like yeah. a daily basis um you, you have so many i don't want to say bad examples but like you have people using drugs in front of you these bad like, examples like i I, I, yeah. I mean even for me my friends they are entering like crime and they're just like i'm making a lot of money mm -hmm. and the thing is yeah, you just like, 
you look and you're like, okay, there's an amazing that if I had joined it, then like two years later, I'll be dead. And they're just my neighbors. Mm, and they're yeah. just like, then. Maybe, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I had such a strong family support. I was so smart. <laughs> I was, you know, like, I was quite smart. And that made me quite cocky to say, but fuck it. <laughs> and uh, that whenever I saw, like, okay, yeah, they have money, but also they're running for the police. Yeah. They're working late at night. They do not have one time to chill down because they may get shot. Yeah. If they do not pay attention. And that's the thing. They're not only their freedom. Um, but their whole life is at risk, is at risk here, yeah. and that's not something that I want for me, and uh, that's what actually like kept me in the path of actually trying to be someone different and not going sort of like for the easy path. I don't want to know because there's a lot to like, and I cannot speak for for people who actually like get into crime. But I've seen uh, the different stories. I have I had like. A friend, uh, it wasn't like a f close friend, but like it was a kid who used to play with me on the street when I was younger, and he lived in the favela. And I remember when I was growing, like with all these gang wars and the gangs changes and everything. I remember, I think, uh, the new gang uh, from the place they, uh, like he he pretty much like how do you say like he he gave up like one of gang members like someone or he's just like he said something he shouldn't say something yeah. to someone that yeah so and, and yeah he, he he wasn't so fortunate unfortunately and 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 that has been the life of like these people like these people like who have seen me when i was a kid and uh, yeah the life being ended like so soon because of all this world thing like how it's dangerous it's not something easy to grow uh, to grow up with like around you and but I always knew like the danger and of picking that choice and uh, it was and money power yeah. being respected by fear sometimes or just I don't know and, and the things that I could sort of read from a situation when I would see like yeah the, the gangs and the drug dealers and everything like when I was a kid uh, all these things were appealing to me because for me uh, the good things about life was never about the power and the money you had, but also, but actually like, from how chilled life can be and how in peace you can be with everything around you. And I was just in peace <laughs> back then. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, man, you gave me like uh, uh, goosebumps here. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, and I would never feel myself at peace, like seeing those things and imagine myself in that world or yeah. seeing, or even like wondering, why would someone pick to be that? And I wouldn't understand it until, like, yeah, actually you start seeing, like, some people have absolutely nothing. And I felt like I had nothing, but I were people who had, didn't even have, like, a place. And that was the only place they could go. And that was the only place they would get food sometimes. Or, or even, like, they would get the money to bring food home. And, uh, yeah, so everyone has their stories. Everyone had their reasons. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I, I've always been so blessed to be able to have like a family, a home, a good education and be able to be very critical of all the things that like were happening around me and I always ask why? Why is this like this? And why this should be like this? And that actually developed sort of like a stubborn like uh, mindset in me because I remember I remember for example when I was growing up and I was like getting like from 16 to 18 that age you can sort of like start working getting some money 
and I've seen like my my mom and like my family members pushing myself, pushing me to work. And, like, oh yeah, work with anything, go anywhere, do anything. Just just get yourself some money and just yeah, just get that get stuff started because you might not become like no one in life. So there was that pressure as well, like from the reality that my family had in their mind because they didn't have examples. Of that. that was the life for them was to start working at the age of 16, 18, and they started being able to bring money home to help with the family. And uh, being resistant to everything that was happening around me and everything that people were saying to me and being true to the water, like I felt was the right path to follow. And, uh, and to the point like where I actually like, okay, I managed to go to uni. I actually managed to get internships. Now I'm getting actually money, which I'll be getting from working, but it's the same amount for last time for uh, a more professional job, which is gaining me like experience, which in the future, which turn into a much yeah. better well paid job and so on and so on. And uh, I think it hasn't been like that easy to the point that when I left uh, the high school, for example, back in 2009, 2009 I, I didn't, I wasn't approved in uni uh, like at first. I had to do the NA, which is our national exams to join the uni, yeah. for a second time the following year. So I had a whole year which I did absolutely nothing. And I felt like my dreams were sort of like shattered. But, well, I kept fighting, <laughs> I kept pushing. And it happened. And in that year, I pretty much like was just fixing computers from people like in the neighborhood and just trying to fetch myself some money to be able to go to clubs and just <laughs> drink with friends because I was at that age. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. wanted to go out, I wanted to be yeah. people. And uh, yeah. still in the age. I'm still in the age though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still at that with Don. <laughs> so. Dude. I just like this this last part was just gave me goosebumps. I just like and then I think this is a wrap up. Like Yeah, uh, sure. I mean less about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so glad that so happy that we had this conversation. I mean it's really important also I do believe it that like uh, is like our stories like uh, yours as well and like uh, it's just people in Brazil, they need to listen, like they need to actually listen that people could make it, you know, yeah. like I received so much message like from people when I, I joined Spotify and then people like even from like <laughs> there are people from many famous favelas in Brazil, but they're like, you are making something that like you had no idea the powerful like they you're making on me, like the power of the thing they're just doing and then I mean, just talk about now, like this mm. now makes me feel like, uh, but it's just like your story is just like uh, something that I really wanted. That is the reason that I invited you because <laughs> we, for me, it's just like, we need to listen more of this. We need yeah, to, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a long story, a lot of journeys, and, yeah. but it was nice to achieve something and uh, let's not leave without saying that this has nothing to do with meritocracy. That's yeah. the shit. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just because I put a lot of effort. I was a little bit lucky as well. And I had to fight more than many other people had to. And yeah, so it was, it was, yeah. it was crazy. It yeah, was I don't crazy. believe in meritocracy yeah, at all. That's, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> because not everyone is given the same opportunity from yeah. the start. If everyone were given the same opportunity from the start, I bet more back black kids would be here yeah. today. Yeah, and even so. like my father, like I told you like, he grew up without father, uh, he had to work for, I think 14, he had to work for like 
provide also things in home. He didn't even have a mom active in home. Mm -hmm. And he busted his ass work. Like he got like five, uh, four college degrees. Wow. He was always every, I don't remember any moment of my life that I, he was not like studying. And that, that was his thing to me. Like if you want to change your reality, you need to do like things like, and the thing is, he was, he also didn't believe in meritocracy. He was not saying it in that way yeah, that yeah, I was cool. like, if I do everything I like this that. because I fought for this. Yeah, but, no, it's actually. Yeah. And he had like, have a, a thing like, because if the opportunity comes one day, you need to be ready. And yeah. like education, it is just like, put you in the door and you need to be lucky like obviously yeah. you need because, to be yeah because that's the thing you can be prepared your whole yeah. life you could study you could have all yeah. your credentials you could have a degree you could have past experience yeah. but someone might not look at you yeah. as a viable option just because of your skin tone yeah and that's what happens and that's <laughs> what about spiritual <Rachel's>. yeah <laughs> dude Wow. Just insane. Thank you very much for being oh, here. Wow. Oh, my pleasure, actually. <laughs> I'm really, yeah, really happy. And, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, again, thank you. And there's it. There's a ruffle. Thanks, man. <laughs>